Well, I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> and uh, it has been a few years, but uh, this was uh, wonderful to see. And uh, it's a bit about faith in action. Um, somebody saw this and uh, we now have seen this, this work take place. And so thank you for uh, the reading. Regardless of uh, how much technology takes us forward and whether you read on an iPhone or an iPad or something else with an eye in it, uh, there's nothing like God's word to feed and nourish our souls. Amen? And so in 39, uh, 30, maybe 29 minutes, I'm going to take us through 40 verses and uh, really believe that God would speak to us today. A little bit about Mission Australia. We have about 3,000 staff across Australia. Uh, our founding purpose is to, that inspired by Jesus Christ, we reach out to meet human need and share the knowledge of the love of God. And it's through meeting human need uh, that we saw right back in Jesus' time. Uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, many other stories that we actually share the love of God through helping people, uh, whether it's through finding housing for them. Uh, every day of the year, a family goes into one of our uh, rooms for accommodation that they can stay in until they are able to move into their own accommodation. Uh, the challenge is that there's the pipeline's growing and so... Uh, we're constantly seeing that. Lots of community programs, drug and alcohol rehabilitation programs. In many of our programs, uh, we have chaplains. I lead a team of about 12 chaplains. And uh, whenever somebody wants to have a spiritual conversation, uh, our chaplain is there and they can't wait to have a spiritual conversation with people. And we will regularly see people uh, surrender their life to Christ. We connect them with a local church. Uh, from many of our drug and alcohol rehabilitation centres, we uh, send cars and buses to church on the weekend. It's not compulsory in the program, uh, but in fact for many of these young people, the church is a place where they get to meet people that will not take them uh, down a destructive path. And so thank God for the church and the fact that we can link people. And for many of these young people, believe it or not, it's the first time that they have encountered other young people that are actually having a positive influence on their lives. And uh, so we thank God for his work and uh, for the work that takes place. Well, today, Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, I agree with the messages that we've heard that it's all about him and all about the work that God does. But it, in response to that work that he does in us, he also wants to do a work through us. And Billy Graham speaks... Uh, about our faith and our works. And he says, faith is taking the gospel in and our works or our, re our uh, actions or our response to the gospel is taking the gospel out wherever we go. And as we've just heard so wonderfully read to us that we stand on the shoulders and we see a history throughout scripture of people who live by faith. And so this morning, I'd like to talk to us a little bit about what faith is. Because um, faith is an interesting concept because when we think about other concepts that are hard to define, it's a little bit like happiness or love. We define it differently depending on our own experience and our own journey in life. Um, someone once says that, said that happiness is a warm puppy. For some of us, happiness is a cup of coffee in the morning, isn't it? Come on. 
Let's be honest. We're in church. You've got to be honest. Uh, at the moment, some of us, love is, uh, is a, an electric blanket on at night. Somebody's turned it on when we get into bed. And um, for some of us, uh, and this is in my wife's case, love is the action of dad unpacking the dishwasher. Uh, faith in action is actually when our kids do it. <laughs> but you know, uh, all of these concepts with this happiness, love, isn't it true that they're different for all of us because we're all in a different stage of a journey? And this morning as we come to God's Word, uh, my hope is that God would speak to you and I'm going to share six things around what faith is. I don't expect anybody to go out with all six and tomorrow implement them all. In fact, I'd be really pleased and feel like this has been a great investment of time and that God is speaking to us if all of us could just do one. Because God's not looking for us to go from A to B in one week. He's not looking for us to go from where we are to where he wants us to be. And in all of those stories that we've read in Hebrews chapter 11, the danger for us is to think that they had it easy. And it just went so well and everything worked out for them. If we unpack through the Old Testament some of the challenges, they didn't even have the internet. They didn't even have mobile phones or aeroplanes or cars to get stuff done. But yet they're recorded as some of the heroes of faith. And I think it's more about allowing God to come and be at work within us. And that's what my hope would be for us today. So today faith is. Faith is believing when we don't see. Believing when I do not see. This is what we see uh, in verse 1. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of the things that we do not see. My dad used to say, who my parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea. I was born in Papua New Guinea. Um, my dad would always say faith is kind of about being sure but not sure. And so we see this in, chapter, or in verse 7 when Noah was uh, challenged to build an ark. It hadn't rained. It was quite a barren place and so for him to build an ark there's something about stepping out and believing in the word that God had given to them. Faith, I think, right through scripture is uh, an objective opportunity for people and Jesus told us that faith, even as tiny as a mustard seed, is pleasing to God. And for many of these heroes of faith, I'm sure it started with that you know, first timid step of stepping out to trust in God. Around 25 years ago, I left Perth, I grew up in Perth, and I moved over here to Melbourne because I felt God leading me to this barren land to be a missionary. (laughs) Um, I came to Bible college, and uh, in fact that was the reason, not as a missionary, but to to come to Bible college here. And so I studied at Harvest Bible College, and right through that journey, uh, I done an apprenticeship as a chef. My dad said, if you're going to go to Bible college, you know, you've got to have a trade because you've got to you know, be able to fund yourself. And uh, if the ministry doesn't work out, you've always got a trade you can fall back on. He had a lot of faith in me, of course. Um, but you know, through that journey, there were moments of believing for things that I didn't see. Um, I remember my brother uh, came over to visit me one time when I was in Bible college 
and uh, some of you may know my brother. And when he and I get together, I mean, we know how to eat. Um, the challenge was is that I'd run out of money because uh, I was a Bible college student. I was working two nights a week at Taco Bill. Um, but, you know, with rent and Bible college fees and petrol, uh, you know, money goes, doesn't it? And so I was literally believing for 20 30 $40 just so I could go and buy some food to look after my brother who'd come from Perth to stay with me. And uh, I didn't know. I had no idea where things were going to happen. It was holidays from college and so um, we'd been away for a couple of days and we came back and uh, as we're driving back, I'm thinking, well, there's actually no food in the house for me to you know, look after him and look, when he gets hungry, it could get very ugly between us. Um, I'm glad he's not here to defend himself. And, uh, and we got home and uh, we went to the mail, got the mail out and unexpectedly I found $30 in cash in the mail sent from one of my sisters in Perth uh, who just thought she'd put some money in the mail. Um, What an incredible blessing. Um, That actually led to lots of other opportunities and your faith tends to grow and, you know, if it was only believing for $30 today, that would be great. Uh, Now it's believing for a whole lot more. I remember when I led a ministry called Youth Alive uh, where young people would come together and we'd uh, preach the gospel, a very evangelistic uh, ministry, reaching out into high schools and uh, there's a certain newspaper that still likes to uh, talk about the great work that takes place, the good news and hope that is uh, shared and uh, let's not be distracted by what we read in the, the newspaper. Um, but there was one time we were believing, this is a faith ministry, and we would always believe for God to, to bring in literally thousands of dollars. And uh, one time we were about $11,000 short uh, in our budget. It was a few weeks out and we'd been praying for God to come and somehow provide. We'd also thought, well, do we need to cut back on some things, cut back on some high school ministry, cut back on certain other things. And uh, we'd been praying that morning. I went up to my office and uh, somebody rang through and the uh, PA who had taken the call, uh, who was you know, very diligent and always wanted to make sure they could introduce somebody formally on the phone, was very upset because she now wasn't able to fulfil her duty of letting you know who it was. Um, and I said, look, I'll take the call anyway, it's, it's okay. And uh, they started to ask about the work of Youth Alive. Now, at that point in time, that particular newspaper that I just mentioned, uh, or, or didn't mention um, the age, uh, was on quite a uh, vitriolic campaign against Christians and that hasn't ceased. Um, and I was concerned that maybe this was somebody trying to set me up because I've been set up before. And so I thought, blow it, you know, I'm going to declare what we're going to do and if they write something about this, that's okay. And uh, I said, yep, yeah, we're going to have thousands of young people come together. The tennis centre, the Rod Laver Arena, uh, and we're going to, it's a drug and alcohol free event. We're going to share some great things of the things that God does for young people. And um, they said, what about the budget? How are you going financially? I go, oh no, now they're going to talk about this too and I'm going to get in real trouble. Uh, my denomination is not going to be happy with me. And uh, they weren't already happy with me so because um, we're spending too much money. Um, and uh, I said, look, we are $11,000 short. Even before I could think, I said, we're $11,000 short. But as a little bit like believing when you do not see, it was, 
I'm sure, but you know, I'm not sure, but I believe that God is going to come and he's going to provide that somehow. And the person on the other end of the phone said, well, I think God's asked me to provide it for you. And I said, oh, well, <laughs> all of the suspicion and the concern I had, the, the reason the person wanted to remain anonymous is because they didn't want to know who it was that was giving this money. And uh, so we had a nice conversation and uh, a couple of days later some money wired from Singapore through Queensland finally came to our account and uh, that event was fully paid for itself and hundreds of young people uh, inquired about their faith in Christ. Um, It's about believing when we do not see and being sure but not always sure and faith is starts with that, that little mustard seed. The second thing is around obeying when I do not understand. Faith is obeying when we do not understand because genuine faith is more of a verb than it is a noun. There's an action in our faith and a response. As verse 8 says, it was faith that made Abraham obey when God called him to go to the country that God had promised him. The action was he he left his own country without knowing where it was that God was taking him. And Abraham's faith motivated him to obey God even when it meant leaving all of the things that he knew. Oswald Chambers says that common sense is not faith and faith is not always common sense. Reminds us though around Proverbs chapter 3 when we're told that we should not lean on our own understanding but as we acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will make the path before us straight. Faith is not intended to be passive. In fact, faith is probably going to disturb us a little bit. As we read through the stories that we hear of the heroes of faith, wasn't there something that, that was disturbed within them? Um, today we are more sophisticated though, aren't we? We're sophisticated Christians. We know all about... The, uh, and Unfortunately, I think we over-sophisticate God. We over-sophisticate the things that God wants us to do and I think we are educated beyond the level of our obedience. Aren't we educated? Don't we know more about the word that at times we respond to obediently? That's why I've simply called us to do one thing in response to the message today because as we, are, as we respond obediently, the things that we believe in affect the way we behave, don't they? Um, the fact that we put our trust in God should impact the way uh, that we live our lives, impact the way we respond to uh, hearing about the great work of these missions workers. Um, that we would support them and pray for them. Okay, the third thing is that, that we would give when we don't have. That we give when we don't have. And let me be very clear, giving is beyond our financial contribution. Giving is all about our resources, about the talents that we have, uh, about the, the time that we have, the conversations we have, the words of encouragement that we can speak into other people's lives. Verse 4 talks about uh, Abel's offering and that God saw it as a better offering than that uh, was from Cain. 
It wasn't because God didn't like vegetables, that he didn't like Cain's offering. It wasn't that he was on a paleo diet and he liked Abel's offering a little bit better. Uh, sorry for my poor quality of jokes this morning too. My, my kids tell me all the time that I should never try and be funny. Um, but it was something more of the fact that Abel's gift was from the best of his crop. It was the best that he had that he gave to God whereas Cain's offering was more about the leftovers that he didn't want anymore and it was the spirit of which that gift was given. All of us have the opportunity to give. The truth is we live such a blessed life. Uh, All of us, including myself, have allowed ourselves to get busy and consumed with many very important things. But yet I wonder what it is that God would call us to do and lead us to do. It might be that second question that you ask somebody at work. It might be that extra few moments that you just linger around somewhere and God somehow brings somebody across your path. I've heard people who work in the city and I work in the city and um, I've heard from people who leave work five minutes early so that as they walk to the train that they would somehow God would speak to them and lead them to somebody as they are on their way to the train that if they feel like that situation happens uh, that, that they have the ability to stop and the time to stop or potentially even get the next train and be home a few minutes later at night. These are opportunities that are before us and the reality is if we would open our lives to God and allow God to speak to us and challenge us, he will bring situations before us that we can stop and respond to the needs of those that are around us. It may not be a financial response and at times, can I be honest, I think the financial response is the easy response from us because we live in an affluent society and yet I think the more difficult response from us is to stop and actually get our hands dirty and get down in the mud with people and work through some of the issues that people are facing. That we would give even when we don't have it, when we feel like our time is pressed, when we feel like we're under pressure in different areas, that we would stop and surrender this moment to God and allow him to be at work through us and in us. The fourth thing is, and this is one for my kids, persisting when I don't feel like it. Faith is persisting when I don't feel like it. Anybody feel like that could be a word for them or for their kids? Often we see many of our problems, don't we? And if we're we're not careful all of our problems can actually mount up around us and we forget about a big God. We forget that our God is actually bigger than all of the situations around us and in fact when we look at our own situation and some of the biggest issues that we will face and, uh, and our family, ourselves, are facing different issues. Uh, my, we're working through a cancer diagnosis with my wife's dad at the moment um, But God is bigger than that diagnosis and we believe that God is at work and is at work through that situation and his faith is strong, thank God, and uh, he knows what eternity looks like for him and we're navigating through that season 
but we're persisting even though we don't feel like it. Persisting through different situations uh, and we will all face them. If you haven't faced a situation that you need to persist through, it's okay, just wait a few minutes, wait a few days, it'll come. That challenge will be before you and I think faith is saying, God, while I'm in the midst of this situation, I will trust you. In the midst of this situation, I'll put a, take a step that will allow me to continue to put my trust in you just as we've read of so many of these that have gone before us that have been described as heroes of faith because they lived out the reality of that work that God has done in us, that this is the work that is taking place through us. The fifth thing is that faith is thanking him before we receive it. You know, one of the greatest examples that I uh, saw of this is my own mother. My mother's a faithful uh, a woman and uh, regardless of the situation, she would thank God even when we didn't have. She would thank God when we didn't have money to buy groceries. Uh, she'd be walking around the house singing and whatever the situation might be, even when my brother and I would be fighting, she'd be thanking God for the young men of God that we were. Even when she couldn't see it, she would persist and thank God of who we would become and hopefully at some level we have, uh, have done that. In verse 30 of Hebrews 11, we see the story of the uh, walls of Jericho falling down. What we need to understand is that this is a group of people who had been slaves for 400 years. They were not an army that was trained in tactical battle. They didn't have drones. They didn't have sophisticated weaponry. In fact, all they had was their faith and taking a step of action as God uh, had spoken to them. Uh, In fact, just like we had this morning, they had the musicians and the singers lead them into battle and they were the ones that uh, uh, led them around and as they would worship each day for six days, And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven seven times and the seventh time they gave a great shout of praise. It wasn't about physical weapons. Something happened in the spiritual and this was the demonstration of faith and they were thanking God before they had seen the victory. What an incredible step of faith. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine thanking God as you're looking up at these fortified walls and somehow God has spoken to you about these walls falling down and it creates an important picture, I think, for us when we feel like we are facing situations in life that we say, God, we need your help in this situation. In fact, God, if not for you, this situation is impossible and this is what we see demonstrated uh, in verse 30 of Hebrews chapter 11. Before the miracle actually took place, they were thankful and they were praising and they were worshipping God. So often I think it's a lesson for us that we see faith demonstrated through our own attitude of thanking God for his work. My mother would walk around the house thanking God for whatever situation was before her, Uh, thanking God when she had difficult children in my brother and I, 
thanking God when uh, things weren't working out naturally, thanking God for work situations that she was working through uh, or as we're about to go to church that new people would be coming to the church, uh, that people would surrender their lives to Christ, that healing in her own body would take place, thanking God before we receive it. This is also seen in Second Chronicles in chapter 20 when they were going into battle and the armies went first. The armies went first to give thanks to the Lord, singing songs such as his love endures forever. Um, Rick Warren says, when you're thanking God before you receive it, it's a little bit like God telling you to go after Moby Dick in a rowboat, uh, a big whale, and if you're thankful before you receive it, faith is taking along some tartare sauce with you. <laughs> I told my kids that would get a laugh. Okay, in the last four minutes this morning, trust, uh, uh, faith is trusting in God even when we don't see it. We finished this passage in Hebrews with that because all of these people that were commended for their faith, many of them didn't see the conclusion to the thing that God had started working in them and through them. Um, My parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea for 12 years. Uh, We were born there and much of the work that they did was very much seed planting. They didn't see and they haven't been back to Papua New Guinea. They haven't seen the work that has taken place there but in fact the church in Papua New Guinea if you look on a pro rata per head basis is actually larger in Papua New Guinea today than it is in Australia. In fact, Papua New Guinea now sends some missionaries to the outback of the Northern Territory to share the gospel because uh, they have done such a great work through uh, Papua New Guinea and a little bit like your mission strategy that you spoke about today of sending people and raising up nationals, well, I think it's both and. It's not either or. We need people to go and, and share the gospel. We also need to raise up those nationals. And in fact, Papua New Guinea are now sending missionaries to our nation as well. But many of these people were trusting in God even though they hadn't seen the miracle completed. Uh, in the work by Henry Blackaby, and it's on the next PowerPoint screen, thanks guys for keeping up with me. He says that God did not create you for time. He created you for eternity. If you just live for time, you will miss the ultimate purpose of creation. God uses your present time to mould and shape your future uh, usefulness here on earth and in eternity. You need to orientate your life to the purposes of God and make sure... Oops, I've missed the end of it. Uh, and make sure... Now I've messed it up, haven't I? I was going so well, wasn't I? And make sure you were investing your life, your time and your resources in things that are lasting. Store up treasures in heaven. Hebrews 11 is a call for us to put our faith Uh, not to be people of works, not to be people who are just doing, but in fact in response to the previous 10 chapters of Hebrews 
to the work that we've seen that our great high priest has done on our behalf. The writer spent 10 chapters telling us about the great work that God has done for us on our behalf, that it's not about our work or the things that we can achieve or the things that we could do. Once they have assurance that we understand that he is our high priest, that there is nothing that we can do in our own strength to attain eternal life and salvation, once we have that clear in our own minds, they then move to verse uh, chapter 11 and says, Therefore, whenever therefore is uh, in Scripture, we know that we need to take the previous chapters into context. Because of all that Christ has done for us, there is a call for us to put our faith into action. It's the natural response that God would have for each and every one of us. And today I pray that we would be inspired and challenged by the work that we see, the words that we see in Hebrews chapter 11 about all those that have gone before us, all those that have lived by faith and all those that are an example to us that as we consider the rest of the day and as we consider tomorrow and we consider the things that God has for us that are ahead of us, that we would just take that first step, that mustard seed of faith and step out into the things that God would want us to take a step forward in. Let me pray for us today. Father, we thank you for so many that we have seen before us, so many that are an example, a living example for us to see in your word of so many people, uh, some very timid, unprepared, that lived by faith and stepped out for you. And I pray for each of us today that we would believe, uh, we would give, we would persist, we would thank and we would trust you in all of these areas. I pray that you would lead us. I pray for people particularly this morning who feel like they are facing a test of their own faith. I pray that you would be with them. I pray that there would be people around them that could encourage them. And for all of us today... I pray that we would take one of these points, one of these things and apply them to our own lives. I pray that you would lead us and that we would respond obediently to the things that you have for us. And I pray that Hebrews 11, uh, this whole study of the book of Hebrews would be encouraging and challenging for us. In Jesus' name, Amen.